0: The Caribbean is often described as the most tourism-dependent region in the world. A titan is described as one that stands out for greatness of achievement, one who is influential in his field. I'm Marlene stevenson daly Welcome to our podcast. We call it Tourism Titans. It's about the movers and shakers of the industry. Men and women who have contributed to its growth and development in Jamaica. The region and indeed the world. <music> Delighted to have as my guest today Joseph Fortsmayer. He has been welcoming guests to Roundhill Hotel and Villas since he began as managing director in 1989. Under his direction, Round Hill has won countless prestigious awards and accolades, including the World Travel Award's Best Villas for all of six consecutive years. They have won the AAA's Four Diamond Award of Excellence, the Brass Key Award, the Most Romantic Resort, and has been featured on Condé Traveler's Gold List, and Travel and Leisure's World's Best List. There's so many things I could say about my special guest today, but I'll allow him to share some of that with us later on. Let me welcome Joseph Fotzmeyer. Great to have you on the program.
1: Thank you so much, Marlene. It's such a pleasure and a real honor, you know, to not just listen to you, which I do very often, but to actually be with you.
0: I am absolutely delighted to have you. And today we're going to take us back a little bit in time and talk about your journey and all of the things that you have been able to accomplish along the way and some of the things that you perhaps still dream of. All right? So so let's start at the beginning. You came to Jamaica all the way from Austria. What, What brought you to Jamaica?
1: Well, I wanted to get older. I mean that was really my reason I came out of my university studies and I did tourism I was a little too young to get a really good job yet so I thought you know let me see the world let me explore you know where I like it best and uh, I left and came and uh, hired on with uh, Gilly Biles and his wife Annelie at the Coconut Cove Hotel in Negril as as a tutor for their five-year-old boy Daniel you know to teach him German because Annelie was German Gilly was Jamaican Uh and they needed somebody to basically speak German with their son and I thought you know what it's a hotel I just come out of hotel school I'll show them what I can do (laughs) 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 little did they know that uh, you know after a week of uh, tutoring I actually became you know very involved in the hotel business and you know when you're Straight out of school, you know mm-hmm. everything better than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: and you want to show what you're made of, the yeah. stuff you're made so, of. So,
1: and, and, and you know, and to me, Gilly Biles and Coconut Cove uh, was just an amazing place, and the in the late '70s was just an incredibly beautiful environment. And Gilly had, uh, you know, had a very strong passion of doing the best of Jamaica, showcasing the best in terms of. You know, building a, a structure on the beach that, that used local materials, his own furniture from his uh, workshop in anchovy uh, to uh, uh, thatching a beach bar uh, before anybody even thought of doing a thatch beach bar, you know, mm-hmm. from having a grill with lobster and fresh fish on the beach. And to combine a sort of a, a very low-key elegance, you know, where tables had tablecloth on the sand, but yes. the waiters had had bow ties and white shirts and black trousers, <laughs> but they were rolled up and everybody walked barefoot and they all looked good. Mm-hmm. He had the, a, a reggae band led by the famous Silly, we called him at the time, before anybody else played reggae in Jamaica, everybody was playing other music. Yes. And, and so. Gilly really was an incredible inspiration, you know, and, and it's very it's very heartening to see that his son, John, you know, John Biles actually has picked up right where his father also <laughs> yes. left off in many ways, you yes. know, to really bring out the best, you know, and that's what my f- introduction was to Jamaica. And I, I just simply fell in love with it right away and got busy. And uh, before, you know, you get busy and you get yes. busier and you... You 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 think oh it's another year and give it another year and and, and <laughs> so they move
0: and until before you know it, you're yep. Jamaican. And Jamaican <laughs> exactly. And somebody
1: said to me once, you know, Joseph, when did you become more Jamaican than Austrian? I said well, I still talk like an Austrian. Actually, I never <laughs> dropped my accent. accent. I know, but uh, on the other hand, I am culturally Austrian, but I'm emotionally Jamaican, and I can't say when it happened. But at one point. In my life, I just sort of aligned myself more with the, uh, you know, the country I chose to live in and mm-hmm. fall in love with it. Uh, and I love everything about it. I mean, I've said this to the, to the great annoyance of many people. I always say I love <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, you know, I yes. wish I could fix a lot of things, but mm-hmm. but you, yeah, I accept it, and I want to do the best I can to to you know to, to make it better, and to do my little bit. You know, yes. to, to make in your corner
0: happen. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Take us back to Austria, though. You grew up in.
1: Well, I was born in Steyr, yes. which is a beautiful medieval town, one of the great sort of medieval centers for you know for mining and iron in the mountains of uh, Austria, and mm-hmm. one of the great sort of centers where you know where the whole industrialization in the Middle Ages started. So it's a beautiful town, and and the town I came from is close by, called Haag. Uh, which has always consisted of five thousand people. When I left, it became four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of place where you know you're all related, mm-hmm. you all know each other, you yes. all have been in farming and 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 uh, you know horse breeding and 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 restaurants and and it's a very much a country environment, but you know full of people that that know you that you grew yes. up with, and and uh, I was very fortunate to have parents that. Uh, encouraged you know their children to go out in the world and you know get a decent education and and make sure that you you see the world you know but then always come back home because you know there is business to be taken care of now you know little did they know that their youngest joseph (laughs) never made it home
0: (laughs) all right so you uh flew the coop and you just didn't make it back but what was it like growing up did you have uh, siblings uh, lots of Aunties, well, uncles, was yeah, we, we family big type. family,
1: Um mm-hmm. uh, you know, not any, not unlike Jamaica in many ways. I mean, our families are very close communities, close knit, and we all look after each other. We you know, live, was brought up in a big old house where you know, grandparents and great grandparents and uncles and, and cousins all lived, and but they all had their own spaces, you know, so you mm-hmm. did not sit on top of each other, but you all looked out for each other, uh, and uh. And uh, you know, then you know, it brought up Catholics. So that was a very important part of my education. I mm-hmm. was sent to be a Catholic boarding school, and yes. so I mean, I, I I learned how to navigate through you know very strong disciplinary and sort of rigorous schedules. Yes, and, I've been there. And <laughs> <laughs> but actually enjoy it, you know. Yes. And whereas some of my brothers, I have older brothers and sisters. You know, may not have enjoyed it as much as I did. I mean, I guess they broke when they broke the rule. There was consequence. Joseph <laughs> finally came along, and by that time everybody was exhausted. So they just they, <laughs>
0: so they just let you be. They
1: gave me my space. <laughs> but it, I had a great a great childhood, and uh, you know, you learn how to ski. You do all the things Austrian boys do. You know, your you fondest memory. My fondest memory, uh, uh, just hiking and skiing and traveling and and exploring you know Mm -hmm. and 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 that is something that that i have actually been able to really sort of take with me and 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 do here and and really be curious and always be curious never Mm -hmm. never not never be afraid of getting lost you know and and always sort of just (laughs) going going (laughs) like 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 today but that shows your typical yeah, Joseph okay. Joseph thinks he knows exactly where he's going <laughs> and it must be there but yet I'm going exactly yeah. in the opposite direction I,
0: I never say I get lost I always say I'm discovering new places yeah. <laughs> you know I just turn off and all right so I bumped Absolutely. into something that's so different isn't so that exciting yes. I
1: mean and you always run into the most interesting people yes, and you yes. always discover something that is completely unexpected and and that's how I love my life I don't like you know to be in a routine too yes, much
0: yes all right, so you came to Jamaica in 1979. You spent time at Coconut Covenant Grill, and you know it sounded like it was a very important and very mm-hmm. interesting period where you learned a lot.
1: Yeah, it was the late 70s, remember, mainly. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea about Jamaican politics. All yes. I know is that you couldn't get enough to buy in the supermarkets yes. and I was in charge of purchasing things so we used to take a truck to Linster to just buy cows and pigs and whole and you know and, and, and bring back produce because we didn't have enough food in the hotel oh, or you wow. go to the supermarket <laughs> in <St. Lamar laughs> and you have to marry certain things yes, to so certain things to under the counter because you know, salt fish yes with, exactly uh, with washing, w- w- soap. washing soap exactly or, uh, <laughs> so it was a new experience for me but but it was <laughs> all done with great sort of joy in many ways and and we always when we got through difficult times but it was a really a great learning experience for me I must say and, and it was a beautiful time
0: then you moved on from Coconut Cove in a grill. Was it to?
1: Well, I did well. I must say Gilly, in a very short sure time, he had a great product. Uh, he obviously had uh, Anneli, his then second wife, who mm-hmm. was a very wealthy German lady who had uh, basically you know, built his dream. You know, Coconut Cove was a dream, was a very unique uh, setting, a beautifully and very successful. And because of that, Gilly was elected... To become president of the Jamaica Hotel and Tourist Association, Association. he became very, very successful yes. uh, in that in in that in that business, and and that allowed me then to be more involved. and He made me assistant manager in mm. a very short time. I mean, within months, actually, I was there to basically help them run the hotel, and I met. Incredible people there. That his aunt, Mrs. McCarty, and his earth, another aunt who used to run Medical Associates, Mrs. March, mm-hmm. who came and in their retirement helped to run the hotel along with us. So, so it very quickly sort of allowed me to sort of interact with with some very unique and special people mm-hmm. very quickly, and uh, and so. It was it wasn't long until you know some other hotels looked at this incredible place called Coconut Cove that was doing so much better in, yes. in the late manly years mm-hmm. when everybody was sucking salt and nobody could get <laughs> business
0: through a, a wooden spoon Exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we had business and we were always overbooked and I never forget Mrs McHardy uh, Gillis aunt who had this beautiful white head of hair she was Cecil Langford's sister actually mm-hmm. and she used to sit there with and in those days you had the reservation boards you know you had the, that You had the t- tape that you had to put over the rooms in order to show them filled. I mean, not right. everything we do on- online, obviously. Yes, yes, it's
0: totally. Uh, but she used now. to sit Technology. there
1: with her, with all these overbookings and sticking off her fingers. Say, oh my God, where I'm going to find space? And we used to rent the, the hotel next door. Rita Hoshan had a beautiful hotel next okay. door to Coconut Cove called. Uh, can't remember it right now, but we used to rent her her, her hotel. And so, because of that, obviously, my my name came up and uh, I was headhunted.
0: Headhunted. <laughs> I
1: was headhunted by a German baroness, actually, who had just invested a lot of money in Port Antonio. Uh, baroness uh, F- von Stefani Tierbusch was her name. Mm-hmm. And the baroness had bought portions of Trident and had done some major investments down there. And we oh, all I heard think. of her, but yes. nobody really knew her. But I was headhunted by her general manager at Trident. In uh, April of 1980, you know, sort of about almost a year after I'd got to Jamaica. And I, you know, I was planning to go back to Austria, but then I thought, you know what? Nothing ventured, nothing lost. Yes. You know, I just asked for an insane amount of money. You know <laughs> <laughs> I was very young, obviously. I hadn't earned anything. Yes. I was earning, you know, very little Roman board and cigarette money. That was my remuneration because I wasn't I was I wanted to learn. Yes. And uh, so I, I and when I told them what I wanted, they said, okay, yes. So okay. there, there and you I were was. And, uh, I <laughs> you know, at least wow. How much? <laughs> Uh, so I packed my bags and uh, off and to Trident up went to Trident on the 1st of August 1980 and August 4 Hurricane Allen very significant turn of events swept away Trident Trident was r- wash away as we say you know and oh there was a goodness. huge rock in the beautiful lobby of Trident and it be we even made I think we even made the big news items and there it was helicopters because it was one of those weird hurricanes that that basically came between us and Haiti through the Windward Passage and really Mm -hmm. made uh, Port Antonio, sort of its main target and didn't do a lot of damage on the rest of the island but Trident was completely destroyed.
0: How did you cope? What did you do?
1: Well I mean thank God there was uh, Marguerite Gouron you know uh, uh, somebody I met in Port Antonio just after I had arrived mm-hmm. and Pat Flynn Errol yes. Flynn's widow yes. who had a little shop at Trident and both these ladies said you're not staying here you're coming out of here I said but uh, where am I going? You know I mean I'm staying here she said no you can't stay there you've got to leave the <laughs> Did you have
0: guests at the time?
1: Uh, the, all the guests had left it was it wasn't very busy it was august you mm-hmm. know so it, we didn't have a lot of business then but i had just moved in and i was very comfortably in it's constant and then but the lady said no you're not staying in the hurricane was at night so they insisted that wow. i come out uh, and stay with them, and uh, which I did, and thank God I did because there was nothing left the next day. And so, I ended up with uh, with my, with my jeans and barefoot and the and the and the basic uh, like <laughs> a blue Lacoste shirt. I never forget. And I decided, you know, this is it. That's all that's left because my my clothes everything everything was, was gone. And uh, and basically, I wandered around the the hotel. And what was there was there was an instant there which really blew me away, and that really sort of. Gave me so much respect for Jamaica because I had a lovely staff body there. I mean, the people were incredibly kind in Port mm-hmm. Antonio, and, and many of them had worked for Earl Levy, who owned the hotel, who I had never met. I had never met Earl Levy because he had just sold two thirds yeah. of his resort to, to this, this German baroness, mm-hmm. right, who hired me. And uh, but everybody talked about Earl Levy and his vision and what he had done there and it was fantastic. And these in the staff that has worked with him for mm-hmm. many, many years and that, that loved him very, very much and uh, and there was miss miss icy who was a housekeeper there and and the second day i mean as i'm wandering around all the rubble and you know <laughs> not, knowing not, to not do. To, i mean you know nobody could come from kingston because the roads were blocked, blocked. and and an occasionally a helicopter with sort of big news items was filming us down there um, the the staff came back and they started to clear the place of the rubble. And I'd never seen anything like this, you know, where a woman who was in her late 60s, early 70s, very mm-hmm. wiry housekeeper, Miss yes. Icy, and she now had t- t- turned her head into a turban, and she was carrying heavy rocks on her head, you know, strongly into to clear the rubble off and to start sort of cleaning up yes. the place. Yes. And that was without anybody telling anybody anything. anything. I mean, to just to just get back and get the place set mm-hmm. up again and that to me was an amazing experience you know and they fed me because you know there was these cookouts you know that <laughs> whatever we could find some yam and some planting yes. and, and some cook because there was no power there was obviously no no, no uh, nothing no nothing i mean uh, no water no power it was it was quite it was it was we were abandoned in many ways until finally the road opened up and then Erlevie, I never forget uh, i met this gentleman he drove up in this in this station wagon heavily loaded with all kinds of goodies from oh, kingston and he drives in. it was like a, like a big of ship that arrived you know this big station <laughs> wagon one of those Chevrolet numbers and he comes out he was he was this gentleman that that sort of very properly attired and he says you know I'm a Levian you must be Joseph I said yeah I'm left you know but what I mean he says well uh, we are going to rebuild the place do you want to stay and help me and he said you know what I could never tell my parents I'm coming home you know I mean my <laughs> father had warned me oh you're going to be back in a month so two yes, I said, you know, yes <laughs> So I said okay and and I stayed and uh, and the rest is history it, and we rebuilt the hotel and it became one of the great sort of places to do to, to attract an amazingly important luxury clientele and yes, m- yes. became a movie uh, center for Making Movies, we did Cocktails and Clara's Heart and in like Flynn and co- and uh, uh, Club Paradise. Yes, and yes. Natalie Thompson, obviously you know her well, I'm sure, you know, was like the mover and shaker yes. and with Natalie and her team yes. we did whatever we could to attract movies to Port Antonio and with Noel Mignot developing a new campaign for Port Antonio, we are wow. part of you, will remain forever. It yes. became sort of the true um, unique Beauty place that everybody wanted to be, and yes. and and Port Antonio has always done that. I mean, through its history, you know, and, and from it
0: has that lure. And remember that that is the cradle of tourism. Absolutely, in that's, that's where it, all, where it all, start. all started. And then you
1: know, you look at Folly and Folly ruins. And I love history. I mean, yes. I always sort of try to dig a little bit and find out why certain places are the way they are. And and it has because of its natural beauty, because of the the, the amazing people that are there, yes. very resilient uh, very protective of what they have and and, and, and how they do business down there. Yes.
0: One of the it, things that strikes me as well about Port Antonio is the diversity in such a small area. Incredible. You're on the beach and within minutes you're in the rainforest mm-hmm. and it's just it's just such a beautiful, calming space.
1: Absolutely, yes. absolutely and and it has attracted people you know, be they both from Kingston or be they international mm-hmm. I mean, from an Errol Flynn to, to you know, the, the gentleman who was, you know, the founder of. Uh of uh, um, the the big the big banana you know company that that uh, that built Folly you know I yes. mean Mitchell yes. you know Mr Mitchell who then married a Tiffany and built Folly and and to Senator Molson the Molson breweries in Canada <laughs> to Heine Tissin Baron Tissen, yes. you know who's still his daughter who is uh, Francesca now still lives at Alligator Head and so it's it, and Michael Lee Chin today I mean so there's a a tremendous Michael Rosenberg founded Dragon Bay you know and now Adam Stewart and first Butch yes. Stewart and Adam yes. Stewart so everybody falls in love with the place you know and and I think it it does have that kind of allure you know that is quite unique
0: yes indeed we're talking with <laughs> Joseph Fortsmier he is the managing director for Round Hill Hotel and Villas and you're listening to Jamaica's Tourism Titans we're going to take a little break but we'll be right back <music> In tourism, the people are the product, yes, they are one of our industry's most important assets. They help create memorable lifetime experiences. They, through their service, make the difference. We share the stories of their challenges and triumphs, of what makes them tick, of who they really are, just to inspire you to act positively. You too can be an ambassador for tourism and our country and become a Jamaican tourism titan. Start today. TPDCO's Explore Jamaica has insights into licensed tourism entities across Jamaica. Visit the Google or Apple Play Store and download the app today. Welcome back. You're listening to Jamaica's Tourism Titans. And my special guest is Joseph Fortsmeier. O.D., J.P., (laughs) Managing Director of Round Hill Hotel and Villas. Now, his passion and enthusiasm for Jamaica and the Caribbean led to his appointment in April 2010 as President of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association, that's the CHTA. And during his tenure, from 2010 to 2012, he worked to raise awareness of the importance of tourism throughout the Caribbean with the CHTA's tourism is key advocacy campaign. Joseph, tell me a little bit about your time as president of the
1: CHTA. Well, you know, it's it's again, it's it was one of those moments when you when you really don't plan for something, but it just you just have your you have your your yeah, role models. Mm-hmm. And and role models that that have contributed greatly, you know, to Jamaica. I mean, one of them was Heinz Simonich, yes. you know, and somebody I had tremendous respect for. I mean, I was sort of this young, you know, boy coming to the island and there he was already a well established, very successful hotelier who'd done it all, you yes, know. Yes. And so in many ways it was it was for me, you know, uh, he was always my role model in many ways to sort of see how I can I can sort of follow in some of Heinz's footsteps, mm-hmm. um, and uh, obviously he was a former president of CHDA and we had talked about it at one time, you know, and and, uh, and there was that moment when, you know, I had been previously uh, president of the CHDA, mm-hmm. uh and uh, and the CHDA you know, hoteliers in the Caribbean asked me if I would be prepared to sort of move into that position, and and so I I agreed, and my. My manager, I mean, my uh, di- uh, directors at the board of directors at Roundhill agreed that it would be, they would give me the time to do a decent job. And, and so I was elected in 2010 mm-hmm. uh, to become uh, president. And uh, I served for two years, and that is the president's term. Right. Uh, but I also wanted to make sure that I have something that I could hang my hat on. I mean, a, a real strong um, campaign in order to really drive tourism into. Uh, the communities and drive it into the people's minds because that's always sometimes tourism in the Caribbean especially in the smaller Caribbean mm-hmm. is so important as an economic activity yes. but it doesn't quite uh, one benefit the people as much as it should and two it doesn't they don't quite get it you know it yes. always is viewed as something that is put in there from my the outside and so tourism is key really was was critical in this that we try to encourage local production in terms of agricultural produce Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also uh, you know both in terms of uh, technology locally made crafts and art items so that each hotel that was investing in those areas could also have a locally produced component because it does ultimately make your vacation so much more meaningful if you come from North America yes. or Europe when you really have a strong cultural link to the destination that you're in. And Jamaica has obviously led the way in that in many ways, even though we have still have some way to go. But Jamaica has mm-hmm. always been, had a very strong identity when it came to a, a Jamaicaness, whereas some of the other islands don't quite uh were able to establish that because of a lack of, of population size and and, yes. and, and, and 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 history in many ways. But it it still exists. And so that was one thing and it was well adopted by the National Hotel Associations yes. because without the National Hotel Association I wouldn't be president because they have to elect you. Yes. A- other islands have to elect mm-hmm. you. And and so it gave them all something to, to work towards to and, and, and make sure that, that tourism becomes more relevant. Mm-hmm. And then c- convince their governments to, to improve and modify certain policies that, that hinder the development of tourism and right. we are all aware of that of those and taxes are on top of mind of everybody. Mm-hmm. So we fought quite of on several fronts and lobbied hard with local governments to make it better make the conditions better for the operators of small and medium sized properties right. and uh, and i think we also came through a difficult time because it was the financial crisis at the time if you remember you know lehman brothers had crashed mm-hmm. in 2008 so it was really sort of a a difficult time to come out of that process and give a new focus to the industry and 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 i view my my involvement as something that was you know, that had legs to yes. stand on yep. and it could continue. And And I'm so proud to see Adam Stewart right now, mm-hmm. you know, th- one of the great sort of minds of what we now know as the all inclusive concept, concept in the Caribbean mm-hmm. that has taken it to completely new levels. Where the they whole sort of campaign to ensure that as many of the locally produced materials are used. Are used and uh, and Co. obviously has mm-hmm. gone that way. The Ministry of Tourism has gone that way, but not just in Jamaica, but in many islands. Because it really, ultimately, tourism needs to be to be the drive, the driver of our economic yes. activities. And then people will uh, accept it and will protect it and will and will ensure that it that they benefit to the yes. fullest extent. And,
0: and I think we're getting there. I believe we're getting there. Just. And this is anecdotal, but just in terms of my own interactions, persons who perhaps in the past would say, oh, that don't have anything to do with me. You know, tourism is somebody else's business. I think we're making that connection and realizing that, in fact, yes, tourism is key. We are the most tourism-dependent region Mm -hmm. in the world, and everybody has to position themselves to see how can I benefit, in what way. I might be offering some other kind of service over here, but how is it
1: linked? Mm-hmm. And it's so, and it's, I mean, I always used an example. I said, you know, I come from a small village of Hopewell. You know, I mean, Hopewell doesn't have enough people to warrant a major cable company laying any sort of major infrastructure mm-hmm. to get there. But it's because of, round hill yes, on the other and side. trial yes. that now have that demand plus we pay our bills so yes. therefore we have to have good water and there was a time when hopewell had no water yes. until we blocked yes. the road if you remember yes. that correctly yes. so it, and so we all blocked that road <laughs> <laughs> so including <yourself. laughs> we were all part a yes. uh, part and parcel of that and then now people have proper services yes and uh, and it is due to the need where they. Industry is prepared to one pay mm-hmm. you know the they required fees that it re- that, to, that, that to make this service. into a business and mm-hmm. to get that service, and then people and then everybody benefits. benefit yes. from it. And, and, and that is so important because you never think in those terms until yeah. you, somebody sort of rubs your nose into yes.
0: it. Yes, <laughs> you are a director of the Jamaica Tourist Board. In fact, I'm sure I saw somewhere the Minister of Tourism, Honorable Edmund Bartlett, making some presentation and thanking for your longest (laughs) surviving director. Twenty-odd years on the board of the Jamaica Tourist Board. I mean, that's quite an achievement.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've survived every government in the process. (laughs) I thought they always give me space. No, but but i have a passion you know and I, i'd really i'd take no prisoners when it when it comes to just you know h- hoping that we can and again that shows the strength of jamaica i mean our political you know, points uh, uh, never scored in the tourism environment. You know, we we respect each other continuously and nobody sees tourism as a political sort of advantage or disadvantage and and so therefore, you know, it, it is one industry that brings us all together and we continuously sort of work together to make it better. And, yes, I am a survivor in that chair, I must (laughs) say. I was just reappointed until 2024. I said, oh, my God. (laughs) Yes.
0: So you are the longest-serving member of the board, and Mm -hmm. I think that's quite an achievement. And as you said, no prisoners. You just know that whatever we do is for the best outcome here in Jamaica in terms of our tourism. Mm. Yeah. All right. So you received the Order of Distinction for contribution to Jamaica's tourism industry in 2005, and you were Hotelier of the Year for the JHTA in 1993 and 96. You got a Caribbean Hotelier of the Year award by the Caribbean Hotel Association in 2007, and I'm sure the list goes on. How does this make you feel?
1: Uh, it's, it's interesting. You always say, you know, if you stick around long enough, you know I mean? <laughs> it may <here> at <laughs> one point. No, I'm very, I'm very appreciative of you know how good Jamaica has been to me, how incredibly wonderful the region has been to me, and it's, uh, I'm honoured, I'm honoured I'm honored by it, but, but it, it's, a, it's something that I love to do, and mm-hmm. and, and I enjoy doing it. Uh, I, I, I like, you know, to be recognised for it. I think we all like recognition. Yes. Uh But I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm yes. doing it because I truly love what I do, and I've always said that. And and I give Jamaica again full credit for allowing me that opportunity. You know, I mean that's not always the case as an immigrant. You yes, know, that you yes. can go somewhere and you can rise to the top if you, if you work hard and if you like what you do. Yes. Uh, and but Jamaica has that incredibly wonderful liberal mind to allow that. You know, and. And that's something that we can teach the world, you know, let us not lose that, let us not lose that sort of openness to allow others mm-hmm. that may not be, you know, our color, may not be our culture, may not be our background, but to come in and that wish to be part of it yeah. and give them an opportunity and do that. and. And, and we should clone that. I've said that once to a former prime minister. I said, you know, don't turn into this sort of, you know, blinkers because it doesn't happen like this in other islands, yes. by the way. Other islands are a lot more protective of their own citizens only. And, and Jamaica truly lives that out of many one, one people. people. And and it's, an, it's a huge asset because it's not common and it's not everywhere. I mean, we, we all know... You know where we have run into barriers, yes. uh, but uh, but Jamaica can truly be sort of a unique and a, and a, and a place where we can be very proud of that. Yes.
0: What do you like to do in your spare time, if you have? <laughs>
1: <laughs> any spare I, time. I love <laughs> to hike. I mean, I like to just go in the bush and uh, and 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 just just go hiking. And have go. you been up to Nanny Falls? Uh, no, I I mean. Put that on I mean, your list. I have. N- I I have I have a lot of I mean usually when I go hiking I always sort of find water because I mean I love water and yeah. I love to go swimming and and uh, I must say what COVID has taught me you know when you sort of more or less lock down close by. I'm not very good at this I have to get out so you know instead of driving anywhere Mm -hmm. I I just get out and walk into the hills and before you know it you find a river you find a spring and you find a mountain you find a mountain top and a valley and then you occasionally have you know after two and a half hours you have to turn around again but you have found some amazingly beautiful places and
0: you're able to navigate your way back and
1: I I navigate back and sometimes (laughs) I do better than others you know I never forget there was this one moment when I you know I started at Great River on the border you know to to and James and yes and Hanover you know in the Chester Castle area 7 7 Rivers area and I was sort of turning around on myself and I had a machete you know you walk with the machete, yes. so you know, you sort of I copy the farmer. I try <laughs> to hold it the yes. right way too. So <laughs> when I'm caught walking on the road, people don't think I'm an absolute idiot. But but, <laughs> but I must say after about four hours and I barely sort of knew where I had reached, I I was close to Betheltown and I recognized all of a sudden the area. I was lost, you know, but I had come out in, in the Betheltown area. Wow that's so a that way was away. a long way. I mean yes. it was like a four and a half hour right Oh, my goodness. So But now I had to get back to where I had my car, which was all the way down at uh, at uh, at uh, anchovy area, you know. So, <laughs> so my... my you my got a lift back? No, but uh, my my machete became a walking stick kind of thing along the road. <laughs> I wasn't about to get off the main road anymore. So here I'm walking down uh, onto the Chester Castle main road. Oh and my that's
0: a long and, uh, way.
1: And some people stopped and said, are you okay? And I did not want to get into any car, anybody's car. So you know, I said, you know, I'm not doing that. But I got a few phone calls afterwards, saying, Joseph, we saw you sort of you know, on your knees, kind of thing, walking with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? I said I'm fine. But uh, you know, but that's to me, that's a joy. I mean, just to go and explore the countryside.
0: Mm-hmm. You're a lover of Jamaican art as well. Yes. Yes. Who do you?
1: Well, I'm. Like? I'm. I mean, I obviously I came to Jamaican art this sort of a roundabout way. You know, um, very much uh, by learning. From uh, collectors, you know, and Mike Campbell, you know, uh, who is one of the greatest art collections, and David Boxer. So I started out with that you know a Mm -hmm. little bit whenever I could afford a little something I bought something then obviously coming to to Montego Bay and to Roundhill I met Albert Artwell you know who always wanted something and needed something and I wanted to support him because I did like his style very much and his wife Dolores Anglin and so I bought as much as I could every time he needed some money I bought some of Albert Artwell and some of my pieces right now are actually in the present exhibition at the Montego Bay Art uh, uh, um, at the Montego Bay Cultural Centre.
0: Yes, and before you, before we get, a, we have to wrap it up. Tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about the work that you're doing at the Montego Bay Cultural Centre, which is formerly the old courthouse, courthouse yeah. which was burnt down yeah. and rebuilt. And I know the Tourism Enhancement Fund, yeah. the Tourism Ministry yeah. had quite a hand in that. And yeah, it, it really, it really
1: goes back. It, it was the idea actually because it needed. It needed work. The building was was falling. I mean, it had been rebuilt, uh, you know, under P.J. P- 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 Patterson in order to be rebuilt and, yes. and and but but it really had no purpose. It was a civic center, but without any real purpose, and and it was a shame because it needed to be maintained properly, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really the brainchild of the then Senator Noel Slowly, you right. know, and uh, and who also sat on the Tourism Enhancement Fund and was a chairman as well. Uh, that it would be a good idea to sort of endow it with some with some money, as long as there is a a bipartisan group it cannot be political it right. and, and and that would manage it and it was Lloyd B. Smith very much our governor in Montego Bay mm-hmm. that sort of had the brilliant idea to turn it into a museum space and, uh, and they asked me as a neutral person if I would be interested to do that and I've always felt it was necessary to yes. have something there and we got people both from the private sector and public sector on it and the municipal corporation in those days it was the St. James Parish, Parish Council, Council was incredibly generous mm-hmm. to give up the, the running of the building and hand it over to the Montego Bay Arts Council, Council which we have to this day and we have on it the National Gallery the National Museums we have the Institute of Jamaica on it we have the Chamber of Commerce on it it's uh, the the government is on it with the Municipal Corporation and the right. Mayor and his uh, and, and his uh, management uh, and uh, private sector and and uh, so we operate it, and we have in it. Uh, we have maintained it. We, 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 the tourism enhancement fund. Thank God, is continuing to support it. Mm-hmm. It is a national gallery west now. We, we now have. The art that is only in the National Gallery in Kingston can now also be seen in a beautiful space in Montego Bay. You have National Museum there, which shows the whole development history. Right, uh, you know that is mostly in, uh, important for our visitors as well, right. and our schools and our children that grow up in the area to right. know, you know, what is it all about. You know, and uh, and then we have a beautiful exhibition space that we use right now for their Rastafarian exhibition that has been going on for several years, which I think is a huge hit and yes. is very, very important. And I think but you
0: do have t- uh, different exhibitions from time to time, and so persons yes. can come in from the community we and Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And the National Gallery West tries to always have an, a, an, an attractive new ex- exhibition at least two, three times a year. Yes. And right now we are showing the art of Albert Artwell. And his okay. and, and, and that is... So some of your pieces would probably some, be in some that. Some of them are in there, and yes. only Lawrence, who is our curator yes. and at the National Gallery you know has some of my pieces in there but it's a really interesting exhibition that celebrates the, the artists of Western Jamaica yes. I mean that really is our core sort of motto as well you really focus on Western Jamaica give Western Jamaican artists a showcase yes. that is uh, the best that it can be, can be.
0: Joseph Fotzmeyer as we close what do you say to your your housekeeper your bartender your average worker at Round Hill in Jamaica's tourism industry in 2023 when things are starting to bubble. (laughs) Yes, things are starting to really look very promising in terms of our tourism industry at this time.
1: Well, I mean, I am in a privileged position, obviously, at Roundhill. And it's something that that I've inherited there when I got there in 1989. I mean, we have always had John Pringle's motto of looking after the community, making sure the community benefits as much as possible from where you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And therefore, I have the privilege to work with people that have been there for two three generations we've just had an incredible long service awards where we had many of our staff that's been there for over 40 years so we're all learning from that and what I learned from, from that incredible loyalty is a passion to really care and to care for your for your visitors to care for the place, to be proud of it, and to therefore also care for your community. Because, you know, Hopewell is a very special place. I mean, you know, it has its sort of little rough spots, but by and large, it's upwardly mobile. I mean, you see a lot of beautiful Big houses going up all around, and it's people that live and work in the industry. So there is a tremendous future there yes. in the industry that's not just on um, basic pay. I mean, we're talking a future that will provide for better education for your children, for better health care, better, a better future for everybody. And, and I think that is a real core value of what we represent mm-hmm. because that's all we can do. We have to make it better for the next generation.
0: Thank you so much, Joseph. It's a wonderful note on which to end our little chat today. And I want to to thank you for your steadfastness. You have been here for a pretty long time (laughs) and you have thrown yourself right into the community. You have really made yeoman contribution to our industry. And we, we thank you. We thank you so much for all you do and continue to do and for all that you will do in the future. Thank because you. I know that um, this year is going to be a really great year for Jamaica. And you're poised, along with your team at Round Hill, to take us to another level. Thank, Thank you. you. so much.
1: Thank you, Marlene. It was a real pleasure and, a, and an honor to be with you.
0: The pleasure was all mine. And there you have it. Jamaica's Tourism Titans, the ninth episode. And we thank you so much for joining us and look forward to having you on the next ride. Thank you so much for listening to Tourism Titans. We welcome your feedback at know at tpdco.org. Leave us a comment, share, like, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at tpdecoja. I'm Marlene Stevenson Daly. See you soon!